Hello. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, my name is Lucy, and in March this year, I was hired as the church's compassion pastor. I'm very much still learning the ropes, but it's been a real joy so far. Today, I've been asked to share the vision for compassion in this church family. Before I do that, I think it's important to say that it's not just like the church woke up in March and only then decided to do compassion. The church has a great track record of loving this community well. Toby and Carol, the original senior pastors, um, have carried this heart from the start. For example, Storehouse Food Bank was set up in 2006, and much praise should go to everyone who's been part of its journey along the way. I know I have much to learn from people here. We are only able to look back and say these things, and really mean it, because of the good work done up to this point. So, thank you. However, Kingdom Vineyard being able to employ a full-time compassion pastor is unmistakably a new thing. It's a change of season, a step up, a change of pace. It's exciting. So with that in mind, today I want to share with you the direction we're wanting to take the church's compassion ministry and the things we can all step into more. The headline is, we want to partner with God, empowered by his Holy Spirit, to bring more of his kingdom into the community and the lives of those in need around us. As we walk hand in hand with God, the vision and values are to help set our course as we go on this journey together. This is not just for the staff team or for those already involved in compassion work. This is for you, this is for me, this is for everybody who calls KV their home to get involved with. Before I share the vision and values, let us spend a bit of time looking at the heart behind them. The word compassion is often used in the, in the Gospels to describe something Jesus felt. The word doesn't show up many times in the Bible, but when it is, it is often used to describe the way Jesus felt when he saw people in need. In the Greek, compassion means to be moved in the inward parts or to have the bowels yearn. I quite like that. <laughs> in popular culture today, we think of the heart as the place we feel stuff. But among speakers of first century Greek, human emotions were thought of as being based in the gut. So to be moved with compassion meant the gospel writers are feeling so strong and deep, it was as if it was being internally and physically felt. Like a punch to the stomach, a tug in the gut, a deep ache. It's not a passive response, distance, or cutesy. To be moved with compassion in the way Jesus did and how the gospel writers described it means to be connected with someone suffering in an intense way. One example of Jesus being moved with compassion is the feeding of the 5,000. This comes at a moment in Jesus' ministry where he has just heard the news of John the Baptist's death, so goes off to be alone with God the Father for a while. The crowds soon find him, he becomes swarmed with people seeking him. But rather than turning them away, the gospel writers describe that Jesus saw the crowd, he saw their needs, and was moved with compassion. So at one level, compassion is the way Jesus felt when he saw those in need. But he never just sat and felt compassion. 
It stirred him. It moved him into doing something. In Matthew's gospel, it says Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick. In Mark, it says he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Or in Luke, Jesus welcomed them, welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had a need of healing. He is a God of loving action, who doesn't just feel for those in need, but provides for them too. He wants to connect and sit with us, feed us and heal us. As we read stories like this one, we see Jesus feeling and responding compassionately by having a heart open and soft, ready to feel that tug in the gut, to be moved to loving action when seeing the needs of others. I think this is what we want to aim for too. The stirring of our hearts into acts of love and care for those in need. To have our heart break, break for what breaks his. Of course, we can't and we shouldn't take on the suffering of every person and every need across the world. We have to be wise with the boundaries we set. But if this matters to God, then let's make sure it matters to us too. I also love the bit in this story when Jesus tells the disciples, even though they're practically ready to shoo them away, you give them something to eat. I like to imagine they might have been a bit confused. Um, why do we need to feed them? Surely they can just go home and feed themselves. But isn't that often how Jesus works? He asks us to roll up our sleeves and get involved often before we even get it before we really feel that stirring or tug in the gut ourselves. The disciples were ready to send the crowd on their way. But Jesus saw the crowd, he saw their need, and invited the disciples to help meet it with him. Compassion, as modeled by Jesus, connects feeling to action. But I imagine for some of us, it materializes more as a choice rather than an overflow of emotion. And perhaps you're sitting here thinking, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm a bit like those disciples. I often feel like I don't really feel it or get it either. Perhaps you find it difficult to feel that kind of emotion for others. Or it's just not something you've thought about or prioritized much. There is no shame in that. But like with the disciples, Jesus is still inviting us to meet the need with him. Let's not exclude ourselves from this part of God's story. This is for you. This is for me. This is for everyone. The thing is, that was me not long ago. It's only really been in the past five years that God has been getting my attention with this stuff. Growing up in the church, I knew that loving the poor and the marginalized was something the church did. But I saw it as an optional extra, which I largely opted out of. I didn't wake up one morning suddenly fueled with a passion to fight the injustices of the world. It started off with a conversation between me and God that can be roughly condensed to, hey Lucy, you know that I really care about this stuff, right? Do you think you want to start caring about it with me? 
I didn't do anything wild. I began to volunteer at a place nearby. I prayed, sought God, and left my heart open for him to help me get there. And slowly, my heart has begun to change. The more I did, the more I felt it. The more I felt it, the more I did. And it's been, it's been a wonderful part of falling in love with church again and what we're here to do. I love it. I'm still learning for sure and not always getting it right. But God can take the little we give him and make it into something so much better. As we choose to take part in God's heart for compassion, injustice, and transformation around the world, the good news is we can also be transformed by Jesus as he grows in us a heart that is a signpost to his own. The story of the feeding of the 5,000 isn't the only time we see compassion modeled to us. We see it time and time again throughout the entire story of the Bible. Because it is a central part of who God is and the kind of kingdom he wants to build with us. In Genesis 16, we see Hagar, an abused and mistreated servant girl, fleeing into the desert. And God seeks her out to let her know that her life and family matter deeply to him. Within Levitical law, particularly chapter 25, caring for the poor is a central part of God's instructions to his people. Or in the prophets, Amos 5, Micah 3, Isaiah 61, all continue to communicate God's ardent desire to see his people care truly about what he cares about. To bring good news to the poor, to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released. Into the New Testament, we see Jesus teach on the importance of loving our neighbors. Like in the story of the Good Samaritan that Jim and the kids shared about a couple of weeks ago. Jesus demonstrates this teaching with his own actions too. He invites himself for dinner at a tax collector's house. He speaks to the Samaritan woman at the well. He reaches out to touch and heal a man with leprosy. All people whose society at the time would have shunned, ignored, outcast. Of course, there's so much more in the Bible that I could possibly unlist, unpack and list. But the point is, from Genesis to the law books, the prophets to Jesus and the New Testament, the kingdom God is building is marked with his heart for compassion. If we consider ourselves citizens of that kingdom today, then we should do the same. To partner with God, empowered by his Holy Spirit, to bring more of his kingdom into the lives of people around us. Compassion. The stirring of our hearts into acts of love and care for those in need is as central to our walk with Jesus as tithing as central as making time to build a relationship with God, as worship and prayer. And we can start from a place of not yet feeling it or not really sure it's my thing, because we can begin by choosing to make this a priority. And as we choose to align our hearts with God's, our hearts are being transformed to become more like his. This is for you. This is for me. This is for everyone. 
Our heart is that Compassionate KV will be in line with this. As central as compassion is to God's heart, we want that for KV as well. So, how do we go about this? Here is the direction we're wanting to go in together as we step more into compassion as a church family. Our vision statement for KV's compassion ministry is we want to partner with God to share his love and care for our community. God cares about this stuff, so we need to care about it too. This is the work of the kingdom, and it's for all of us to get involved with. We want to partner with God to share his love and care for our community. Next, what are the core things, the values we want to focus on to help us get there? There are five of them. Provide, empower, connect, collaborate, and transform. Unlike Jim, I have not made this into a cheesy acronym. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) First up, (laughs) provide. We want to meet the needs of the poor, marginalized, and those who are suffering. We want to share God's love and care through the meeting of people's needs. If they're hungry, he tells us, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. If they're homeless, find them shelter. Take a look at Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46 for more on that. It's a real punch to the stomach. This is the work of compassion that God is asking us to do. Next, empower. We want to raise awareness of needs and mobilize individuals to engage with compassion. In order to share God's love and care through the meeting of people's needs, we need people to be part of helping those needs be met. This is an an invitation for KV and our hope for the whole area we serve as well. It's a bit like what Jesus asked of the disciples in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. You give them something to eat. He wants us to engage with compassion, all of us, and do it with him. It's not just for the select few. Practically, it's worth saying we can't meet every need in Northeast Fife. But for the ones that God leads us to, let's be a church that turns up. Number three, connect. We want to come alongside those in need creating spaces and opportunities for meaningful connections to be made. We want to partner with God to share his love and care for our community by valuing connection and real relationships. We've just been preaching through the book of 1 John, where we've been looking at the importance of church being a loving community. This isn't an accident or a quirk to God's plan. We are made to be in community with each other, and we constantly see Jesus investing in community, from everyone from his followers to even the outcast tax collectors. Sometimes a real need that people have is for a friend and for community. And more often than not, other types of needs are best met when done in community too. Number four, collaborate. We want to to support and partner with other organizations and groups who serve those in need. 
There are so many wonderful charities and compassionate-minded people in this area. And God is already at work and moving in this corner of Fife. Let's get on board with what he's already doing through other people and charities. To put it simply, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. I also went to a talk at a conference a couple of years ago, and a vineyard pastor from Oxford shared how through the work of their compassion ministry, they found it a great way to demonstrate Jesus and introduce God to those who already had a heart to love others. We want to partner with God to share his love and care for the community by working with others in the community for the community. And finally, transform. In all these ways and more, we want to see Jesus changing people's lives for the better. This is a separate value, but also underpins them all. We want to see Jesus changing lives for the better as we hand over a food parcel, as we come alongside someone for a chat about their day, as we work with other organizations, and as we bring God's transformational power to the people and places around us, we are ourselves transformed. Like I said earlier, sharing God's love and care for, some, for someone is sometimes best met by giving them a meal or getting them connected with a charity like Christians Against Poverty or an appointment with a counselor. That is the transformative work of compassion. But we also always want to be ready with an answer when someone asks, so why are you helping me? Or as it says in 1 Peter 3.15, What's the reason for the hope that you have? We recently started up a short church service at, at the community hub called Hope at the Hub. The community hub is where KB has its offices, it's where storehouse runs out of. It's truly been a joy to see, to see Jesus meet with people in such kind and gentle ways. We've had opportunities to pray for people um, and just connect with them at a layer that's not just at the surface. It's, it's, been, it's been a joy. My prayer is that it won't stop there, and we will see people give their lives to him. We are about this too. But we do have to be wise and not weird about the help we give. <laughs> we Christians can sometimes be a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, and it's not always in a good way either, is it? <laughs> exactly. We want to be ready to share in actions and words who Jesus is with others. But like it says in the rest of verse 15 of 1 Peter chapter 3, do this with gentleness and respect. We don't want to be too busy giving someone a sermon when what they're actually needing is food to feed their family. But we must always be ready to share when it's right and wise too, why we care so much about serving our community too. We want to partner with God to share his love and care for our community by seeing Jesus changing lives for the better. So what now? Having a vision of values is all well and good, but it means nothing unless it's put into action until we see it embodied within the culture of this church. Todd Bolsinger, in his book, Canoeing the Mountains, writes, Culture is not the aspired values printed on a poster or up on a website. 
Culture is the combination of actual values and concrete actions that shape the day-to-day -day of organizational life. The good news is, the church already carries much of the culture of what we've now written down. But there is more we can dream of seeing for this area. There is further to go, and there is more for you and me to step into. Isn't it handy, then, that we can put all of these values into ac action next Sunday at our games and giveaway event? <laughs> this is church for that Sunday. So as Jim said, come at 10 past 10 to drop off your five storehouse donation items. We'll gather at half 10 to huddle and pray, and we'll be ready to start welcoming people at 11. At this event, we want to provide. If you're able, please bring food for the giveaway. And as you can see, our stocks are looking a little low at the minute. We want to be empowered. This is us, the church, doing the stuff. Let's connect. Make conversations, play games, be community. We want to collaborate. We're working with the hub to put on this event. And if you're in position to, bring money to buy food and support the cafe. But also, if money is tight for you, then the food bank is here for you too. And we have vouchers for the cafe as well. And finally, transform. What is the reason for the hope that you have? Let's be praying for God's hand over every aspect of this day, for the food provided to be a real blessing for those in need, for opportunities to connect with people, and perhaps even share why we're there. One final thing I want to say on this event next Sunday. In the same way you don't have to get it or feel it to start loving those in need, we don't have to have it all sorted either. None of us have it all together. All of us are a work in progress. We all have needs. We don't want this to be about the church all sorted and put together, meeting the needs of those who don't. The church, God's people, are so well-placed to challenge the divide that can often exist between those who give help and those who receive it. All are welcome at his table. I think the more we can understand our own needs and struggles, the more we are able to lovingly connect and come alongside the needs of others. So, turn up as you are, a person walking with Jesus who also struggles sometimes, who isn't perfect, but who can point others in actions and words to the one who gives us hope. We also have lots of other ways to engage with compassionate church throughout the year. I don't have time to go into lots of detail now, so I put up a few examples on the screen. Also, if you're seeing a need that you'd love to see met, and you have an idea, a project for how that could be done, then come and chat with me. How can the church support you and release you? There's also the call to grow in carrying these, these values into our everyday lives, into the workplace, university, or school. Can I encourage you to absolutely be there for Morag's sermon on the 7th? That's going to be all about this. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. As I finish, today what we're launching in this sermon 
is the specific direction we want to go in, together, in line with where we've always been going. To communicate as clearly as we can, so it can now be on all of our hearts. To keep us in line with what's on God's heart, so we can more effectively partner with God to share his love and care for our community. Let's step into this together. Whether we yet feel it or get it, let's choose to make this a priority. And in the process, be transformed by Jesus as we serve our community and bring his transformation to the people and places around us. I'm pretty excited to talk to you about this, and I don't often get that excited. <laughs> so questions, suggestions, ideas, please do, please do come and talk to me. For now, I'm going to pray as we close, so why don't you join me in standing? Father God, thank you that you are a God of loving action who cares so deeply, more than we could possibly imagine. Would you be leading this church? Would you empower us, equip us to step more into your heart of compassion? Lord, we want to see lives transformed in this area. We want to see people made more whole bellies more full, people with safe places to go home to. Would you help us? You know where each of our hearts are at with this. Would you be speaking to us, meeting with us right now? And we invite your Holy Spirit to come and do the work that you want to do. Lord, we love you. Would you help us share that love with others? Oh, man. <laughs>